Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Leading Mindset. We have uh, here a really great, amazing guest today. And uh, my guest is Charles Gaudet. He's the CEO and founder of Predictable Profits. He's a business coach for seven, eight-figure companies. And I'm uh, very happy to have him here today as a guest. Hello, Charles. Hello, hello. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here as well. So thank you for having me on. Sure. Um, let's begin with, so we are discussing a lot of like entrepreneurial journeys, challenges in this uh, podcast. So I want to know like what inspired you uh, to become a business coach and having the predictable profits. So tell us like about the story. How did all this start? Sure. Uh, well, I've been an entrepreneur since the age of four. I've never had a traditional real job, quote unquote. Um, after graduating from college, I started a business uh, nominated by Ernst & Young as being one of the nation's best seed stage companies. I then created my first multi-million dollar business at the age of 24. Uh, at that point, I continued to build and grow a number of companies until 2010, somebody offered to pay me to help them grow their business. And that's what I realized I loved doing with all the different ventures that I that I built and grew, what I love doing is growing and being able to then work with others. Um, you know, it's, it's where I put my stake in the ground and, uh, called home. So I've, I've now been, uh, working with predictable profits for the last 12 plus years. And, uh, every day is even just as exciting as the next. Great. Uh, what do you think for new entrepreneurs or the people wanted to start a new business? You know, what they should be really aware of, you know, or in terms of like developing a scale. So what do you think are the most important thing that they should look up for? All right. So that's a great question. Um, well, for new entrepreneurs, what's often, uh, I guess, the, a false belief that they have is that it's the idea that's most important. Uh, but a business doesn't fail because of a lack of a good idea, generally. Uh, a business will fail, has a higher probability of failing because of a lack of momentum. And it's the momentum that any business needs to get initially. And that momentum is defined as getting traffic and, and getting leads. And what often happens for new entrepreneurs is uh, they jump from one strategy to the next. They they try one strategy. When they don't get the results that they want, they figure out oh, it's got to be because of the strategies. They go to the next one, and they start from scratch again. And then they go to the next one, and they start from scratch. And then they go to the next one, and they start from scratch. And so every time they leave one strategy and start next, they're leaving that any existing momentum that they would have already started and started again from zero. So when you look at all the different businesses out there, the one thing that's become uh, evidently clear to me is that everything works and nothing works. Mm -hmm. I've met entrepreneurs who are making millions of dollars who are still advertising on the yellow pages. I didn't even know the yellow pages existed anymore, uh, but they do. And they're making millions. I know uh, I was on the phone recently with a gentleman making over a hundred million dollars a year, just on direct mail. And, you know, people like to think direct mail is dead, let alone all the flashy things you hear now with uh, Facebook advertising and webinars and quiz funnels and all this other stuff. Everything works and nothing works. It's about saying committing to one thing and seeing it all the way through to success. 
And it's also about as you start to build that momentum, reflecting back and asking yourself, you know, what is working so I can do more of what's working and what isn't working so that I can uh, eliminate it. And we want to be real careful to eliminate adjectives. So instead of saying this seems to be working well, we have to quantify it. You know, how how well is it working? You know, let the data do the talking and the data will help guide better decisions. Yeah, it's the same thing that we have in the marketing, like when we are developing a marketing strategy. So some maybe prospects, they wanted to go with one channel because they heard that it's good. So like when you say like a direct mail or like say a LinkedIn advertisement or any other those channels, um, they might like the other one better than the other. So that's like we telling them here is the marketing strategy and this is like how this platform all might work and all together. And this is how we are going to measure the success and you know with, with all the metrics, you know, so we can monitor it. So I think you're right. but. And then um, some channels really might work really well for some industries, but it doesn't mean that that's the only channel. So we can have like multiple channels if they are doing like, for example, the brand awareness, you know, so that's kind of like come to the marketing department and say like, here's the best channels today, you know, so because we, we know the updates, you know, we know the trends. So I think it should be really aligned with marketing department also. And maybe some, maybe that's one of the mistakes that the entrepreneurs do is that they become a marketing department, they become a sales department instead of like having the professionals also working. What do you think of that to having like a team and uh, you as an entrepreneur going to manage the good team, you know, and um, like listen to your departments or the head of the department or the team. Uh, what do you think about, about that? Well, you're right. You know, when you think about what I just mentioned about wanting to get that momentum. There are some ways that you can get momentum faster than other ways. And obviously, if you want to get momentum faster, you're going to have to find out where are my current buyers actually uh, buying? You know, what what are the the channels that seems to be most effective? And what are the strategies to engaging with them? I mean, if I was to start a, uh, advertising in the Yellow Pages right now, it would take me a lot longer to figure out how do I make the Yellow Pages successful for me rather than if I was to, say, run an outbound marketing campaign. Because in my particular business, outbound marketing works extraordinarily well. But my target market, uh, generally speaking, the last time they used the Yellow Pages, it was probably to prop a door open. Mm-hmm. Right. And also I'm talking a lot about the uh, millennials to become business decision makers and the B2B buyers and how it's the behavior is changing. Oh, because, you know, so the millennials like me, me as a millennial, we don't look up at yellow. I have maybe I haven't uh, looked at any yellow pages. I mean, I remember something when I was maybe two or three (laughs) that was at home. So but we never looked at it. So uh, what was your maybe um, the biggest challenge for you for your business? Well, uh, I think it's harder to figure out the the biggest challenge because there were a lot of very, you know, massive challenges that sort of knocked mm-hmm. me off my feet several times. Um, uh, you know, I mean, just to kind of give you an example, in uh, 2000, we raised uh, all this money 
and uh, we just signed these uh, expanded leases and the whole deal. And then our venture capitalist walked in. It happened to be timed perfectly for the dot com, uh, uh, you know, bust. And the venture capitalist walked in and says, "Hey, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't give you this money." And our budget was tied right to there. So you know, there's one challenge there. Uh, in 9/11, uh, when that happened, I was running a real estate development company, mm-hmm. and everything came to a screeching halt. So we had another challenge uh, in 2008. I was running many, many millions of dollars in a proprietary stock trading company that I started and coded. And in 2008, the markets hit, uh, it crashed, and we lost many, 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 many dollars uh, to the point where it almost, um, I almost went homeless from that. Uh, but fortunately, I was able to trade myself uh, back up. And even when we were you know, building and, and growing predictable profits, it's that start of being able to generate that momentum and the street credit, especially when there you look around, and uh, at least for me, it feels like everybody and their neighbors are calling themselves a business coach. And so, how do you stand out and how do you differentiate yourself? And then, twenty twenty, of course, came about, and in twenty twenty, that ended up putting us all to the test. How do we help our clients who are? We have clients in the travel industry. Uh, we had, you know, clients who sell, you know, bullhorns, right? And uh, let alone agencies and so forth and massive, you know, uh, brand companies doing hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. How do we advise them in a situation that has never, ever, ever been seen or experienced before in the modern world? And, you know, so all of those, those are all different challenges um, but if there's one thing that an entrepreneur, as I've learned, needs to have in order to be successful, is that they need to be able to be quick to evolve and adapt. Because no matter what happened, whether it was the dot-com crash or 9-11 or 2008 or 2020 or whatever that might be, those were mm-hmm. all inflection points. And inflection points inevitably change human behavior. And human behavior will never be the same from before the inflection point to after the inflection point. The companies that did extraordinarily well are the ones that adapted very quickly and evolved. Mm-hmm. The ones that are that struggled and are still struggling today are the ones that decided they would go in this corner, suck their thumbs, and wait for things to change. And they failed to adapt. And most of them, unfortunately, weren't able to survive. Mm-hmm. So adapting is that skill, not holding on to what you believe to be true, instead looking at what's actually happening and how do I, um, how do I have to adjust my thinking in order to, uh, in order to, you know, not only just survive, but to thrive. To follow up with that, there are, I heard uh, this a few times from some entrepreneurs that like having a mentor or a business coach is the wrong thing to do because we are an entrepreneur and we have to figure it out or you're an entrepreneur and we already know it you know or we are busy even to have like a mentor or uh, another opinion basically so what do you think of that you know because i i know like for me and many other even companies that they're doing like millions of dollars in revenue they're still like going with more mentors and more 
yeah. coaches. So instead of like the companies that they're just started, they're not going with any mentors or um, um, maybe uh, business coaches. So what do you think about the new entrepreneurs, you know, that they, and the importance of having the mentors and uh, business coaches, and also the impact of the mentorship and business coaches on the bigger companies? It's funny, the more successful you are, the more likely you are to hire a business coach and to surround yourself with mentors. Right. Uh, you, I kind of look at it like uh, teenagers, right? Teenagers think they know it all. And so they figure, they don't have to listen to mom and dad. They don't have to listen to anybody else. They know it all. Mm -hmm. They figured out life already. They're only 16 years old and figured out life. Mm -hmm. But as you get older and mature, you start to realize everything you didn't know. And then you seek to get some wisdom from the wise ones. And, you know, coaching and mentorship and whatever else that might be, all they're trying to do ultimately is show you insights, ideas, techniques that you might not have seen before. Um, I So I train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I train with the black belts. I'm only a purple belt right now, but, you know, I train with the black belts and so forth. And my instructor at one point was number eight in the world. And mm -hmm. so he gives everybody the same skills and the same techniques. So the difference really between the purple belt and the black belt comes down to the subtle distinctions. And at one point, I remember my arm continued to get attacked and I continued to get arm barred in this arm. And I, and I didn't know it was going wrong. I thought I was doing everything right. And I'm focusing in on the big, more obvious type of actions that I need to, to do. Uh, but my coach said, the problem isn't your arm. The problem is, is your thumb is facing down. You need to turn your thumb up. Now, mm -hmm. what did that have to do with my arm being attacked? And I realized it when my, when my arm was up, or as he told me, when my, when my thumb is up, my elbow is able to stay more firmly attached to my side. And it's those little tweaks and, you know, whether it's a mentor or a business coach or whomever it might be, what you'll find is oftentimes that are going to make the biggest difference and the biggest impact in your business isn't the big things. It's usually the little things that you might have inadvertently overlooked because let's face it, you're busy doing a million things. You're managing clients, you're managing partner relationships, you're managing employees, you're thinking about the future, you're, you know, making payroll, you're all this other fun stuff. When you're moving at a million miles an hour, it's very easy to to have certain things just sort of um, not become as obvious as you otherwise would like them to be. And that's right. And uh, what do you think for the burnouts? So um, any any time like you felt that you have like that burnout that you wanted to quit or you wanted to you're maybe tired or frustrated about something, you know, we all have that. So sure. how do you handle that? And what do you think? would be good advice for the other entrepreneurs who are watching us or listening to this so they can do that practice. I had a mentor tell me uh, many years ago that said, you'll be the closest you've ever been to massive success at the very moment you want to quit more than anything else in the world. And I didn't really know what he meant until I got to that point in my life. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, it happens for the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. They'll tell you that 
their journey to success was riddled with a number of different challenges. To get over those challenges, you it really it's a mindset game, and you have to continuously um, look forward and try to remain as optimistic as as possible. And and of course, you know we talked about seeking out advice and all that other jazz. Burnout is a little bit different, though. Um, burnout, it doesn't matter at what stage your business is in, anybody can ultimately end up burning out. And the way that that actually ends up happening is that there are things that you do that give you energy. Um, I know you're a brilliant man and you've got, you know, all these, you know, different ideas and stuff that, you know, when you were, when you start working on them, it gives you energy and it gets you excited. But then there are things that inevitably as entrepreneurs, we do that we're more stuck in the weeds. Sometimes it could be like admin work or something like that. And that sort of sucks the energy out of you. In the very beginning, when you're starting a business, you tend to focus a lot on the a lot on the things that you love. And so working long hours seems nothing because you're doing a lot of the stuff for growing your business. But as you get more customers, as you get more employees and so forth, you start getting more in the weeds of things and you're doing things that you're not always enjoying. And that sucks the energy out of you. And that's where burnout occurs. And so there is this point where you have to look at what are the activities that give you energy? What are the activities that take away your energy and how can you create the systems, the processes in order to delegate those things that take away your energy uh, away from you so you can focus on the things that give you the energy. Yeah, great advice. I remember a, a quote from uh, Jeff Bezos. He said, like, everybody hates 10, 20% of the, their job. You know, there, there are something like 10, 20% of what you do that you might hate it, which is fine. So you do not love 100% of it. So there, those are the, like sometimes the admin jobs or some problems with clients that you're dealing with. So maybe yeah. that, but if it gets to like 70, 80 percent, 90 percent, so that's the problem, you know. So that's something like even I think maybe entrepreneurs should see it coming and uh, how to manage. What well, do you think of the, the? There's one one other thing too that I want to uh, bring up is that there's um, you know mental fatigue from doing the things like admin work that don't give you joy and drain your energy, uh, but mm. then there's also that burnout mental fatigue that comes from always being on. And you'll see this a lot of times with entrepreneurs where the last thing they that they look at before going to bed is their cell phone and they're reading, they're reading their emails, right? Mm -hmm. They're checking their emails right before going to bed. And they're probably laying in bed with their phone, checking their emails. And then once they finish checking their emails, they'll put the phone down on the nightstand, go to sleep, then they'll wake up in the morning. And right after they shut their alarm clock off, the first thing they grab is their cell phone and they're checking their emails even before they put their feet on the carpet. And when you're on all the time like that, it doesn't give your brain a break. And we've all been there before we get an email. Maybe it's on a Friday afternoon after everybody's already gone home. And right away, your stress level goes up and you're wondering, you know, what's going on? It could be something as benign as a client saying, hey, can we talk? You know, and all of a sudden our mind starts going like, why do they want to talk? Is there an issue? Are they unhappy? Are they going to cancel? But you can't get a hold of them Friday because they've already gone home. So then you're thinking about it all that night. 
and then all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And then Monday gets around. You finally get on the phone with them after you've had a terrible weekend of stress and bad sleep. And they said, I just wanted to know if maybe we could upgrade our services. And it's like, oh, it was a good thing. I had no idea. But that happens, of course, I gave you a Friday night example, but that also happens if it's a a Tuesday night and you check an email right before bed. That whole night, you're unable to get the quality sleep that you deserve because your mind just keeps working on these what-ifs. So we need to set specific rules. Discipline equals freedom, right? Structure Mm -hmm. equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom. There's a lot of things that we need to do as entrepreneurs that... You know, if we had a job, we would end our job maybe at five o'clock and say, ah, screw it. I'm not checking my emails. But because we're entrepreneurs, we don't put the discipline and structure in place. And then we say, "Okay, well, I'm going to I have to be on all the time. I have to be on all weekends, whatnot. And that also, by the way, really makes it difficult um, uh, for us to to recharge and uh, and re-energize. What is your take on uh personal life balance with business life. So that's something I get a lot and I'm asking all my guests too and I'm discussing it in all the roundtables. I'm kind of like more on the, there's no balance because I hear out everybody's talking about how, what they do to balance it and it seems like nobody could figure it out. So I'm saying <laughs> right. like, yeah, maybe there is no balance there. So because if you're an entrepreneur and really your uh, uh, spouse or significant others should really see what drives you. And you, you, you're going to maybe in a meeting till 9 p.m., 10 p.m. one day. So how, what are your takes on that? So uh, I love this question. Uh, and it was something that I struggled with for a long time. Uh, back in 2005, between my wife and I, we invested over a quarter million dollars traveling the world with Tony Robbins and, you know, trying to learn from him and all his friends and colleagues and the whole deal. Um, and we were looking for that. We were looking for how do we find um, work-life balance and whatnot, because we were working every waking hour of the day. And uh, many years later, the answer came to me. Um, I was watching an interview with Tom Brady, uh, the former quarterback of the Patriots. And here he is. Uh, he flies in for the seminar, comes in by helicopter because he was running a little late from practice lands, runs into the seminar, and he's asked the question, what do you think about work-life balance? And his answer gave me a substantial aha moment. He said, work-life balance is a myth perpetrated by average people. If you want to be the best, you have to be willing to throw your life out of balance. And I was like, oh, it's like I needed somebody uh, who has accomplished a certain level of success like he did just to say that because it was something just as you alluded to that you just felt like that you can't have both work-life balance and uh, be the best. Mm-hmm. But he did say something interesting is he said balance for him though is that you can only ever focus on three things. And so for Tom, that's football, his family, and health. And so those are the three things he has time to focus on, which is why you seldom hear of Tom Brady going out and partying with his friends and all that other fun stuff, because he just doesn't have time, those three priorities. 
And so what you find for uh, many entrepreneurs, at least the entrepreneurs that I tend to, to work with is their three priorities are their business, their family, and their health. And so it's as long as they're gr spending enough time on those three areas, they tend to feel like their life is in balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, like, yeah, that's something that uh, I said um, maybe two weeks ago you know, to a friend of mine that you can't say like a family is the priority and then maybe business or vice versa, you know, like a business is only the upper, uh, priority. So I think what you mentioned about Tom is like he has three priorities and that's like what yeah. he's focused on. Uh, what, how do you define success? How do I define, oh, success? Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, what a really great question. Um, I think my definition of success actually changes um, pretty frequently. I, I, on one hand, uh, when my son asked me, you know, about success, I said to him, you know, kid, uh, success is when you find something that you love what you do so much that even if you got paid a billion dollars, you'd still want to continue doing it. You know, that you don't, that it feels like you're playing all day, uh, that it never actually feels like work. And so, you know, that's success in a career. Um, you know, success as an entrepreneur, right? You know, to some extent, I feel like it's internal, uh, where you really do feel like um, you are achieving what you've known you're capable of achieving, mm -hmm. that you're not holding anything back, okay. and that you're you're making consistent consistent incremental progress day after day after day. Um, that's a that's a really, really good question, though. Something I feel like I could even get more clarity on myself might be my next when I go in my next meditation. It can be uh, one of those thoughts that I that I start to ponder on. But wonderful question. Thank you for asking that. Sure. Yeah, I usually <clears throat> ask this all the time and I don't give any more context of like business direction or personal direction or what, what do you how do you want to define the success? And I wanted to see like what people are replying and then if you see you start with something and also it's kind of like quite changed to something else when you're explaining it yeah. you know so but that's always really good to hear from every per every person or entrepreneurs that how they think the success defined i mean I, I, I really loved your your answer because that really resonates to me you know that you're achieving what you think you're capable of doing so you don't yeah. have that regret you know so you're kind of more excited of what is coming. Sure. And, and you know, ultimately, too, I think that success is governed by an emotion. Mm -hmm. And if you're happy, then I mean, I've seen, you know, people who have very little financial means, who are some of the happiest people I've ever met before in their lives, because just there are other elements of their of their life that just in their world has made it perfect. And so, you know, they're in many ways, they're more successful than 
another billionaire that I had traveled with that was completely unhappy but had extraordinary financial means. Mm-hmm. Um, and he felt he was financially successful, but every other element of his business of his life, he felt like he was a failure. And these people, the uh, the ones that I'm referring to right now, actually, um, yeah, particularly out in Fiji, this this particular group of of people, they were just so happy, and it was infectious. Just being around them put a smile on my face, and you know, so I, I think it, it maybe success can be as simple as how happy are you? Yeah whatever you're doing, it's like, do you have that happiness? You know, yeah. Are you happy in like work and everything? Yeah, that, I agree. Yeah. All right, that's a great conversation. Uh, I'm really happy uh, you actually joined me. Uh, how people can find you? How can people can reach out to your contact? So the, the easiest way is to head over to predictableprofits.com. Again, that's predictableprofits.com. And uh, we've got a bunch of resources there, some daily videos and so forth if people are interested in, in learning more about uh, getting some tips and some strategies, insights and whatnot on how to scale their business. All right. And we're going to add all the um, links of your LinkedIn and the website and everything on the descriptions to this awesome. episode. All right. Uh, it was really great conversation. I hope that can have you in the future, too. Thanks, Charles. Sounds great. Thank you very much.